face the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise, its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Welcome to Starfleet Boy, where we have a casual and informal discussion about our beloved series, Star Trek. You are listening to a previously recorded conversation. On another exciting episode of Starfleet Boy. And right now... Oh, I think we're live now. <laughs> Are we live I, now? I always start too soon. Or... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to say about myself. Um, but as you can see now... Uh, we are in night mode here at Starfleet Boy headquarters. Indeed. Um, yeah, it's the uh, the setting. This particular setting is called the TARDIS, and I think it's very appropriate. So just like we did last season after we finished watching and discussing, our, having our casual and informal discussion about Star Trek The Next Generation uh, Season 1, we did a recap episode, and so now we're going to do the same thing for TNG season two, uh, so thank you for being here with me, Doctor. Even though you're, I don't know what you're crunching away at. <laughs> over there I'm, I'm getting the I'm getting the cast ready. Oh, okay. The, don't forget the two new additions to the cast. Uh, you know, I never bought a uh, I never bought a Pulaski figure, unfortunately. Oh uh, no, but you do have Guinan. I do. Oh, good. Okay. And she is here. She will be here momentarily. <laughs> That's excellent. Well, okay, so I guess we'll just start off by saying um, season two was uh, was a fun ride, I thought. Um, I was surprised that there were a lot of episodes in season two that I had forgotten about since my initial watching and subsequent watchings um, on DVD, etc. Um, and I don't know. Uh, I don't know what I think of this season overall. <laughs> I guess we'll uncover those feelings as as we talk about it. But um, but uh, w- what are your thoughts on season two? Well, now, now now before we go into it, sorry, you weren't on every discussion of Starfleet Boy for season two, but I understand you've watched at least or know every episode that that we've we've seen this season, right? Fairly. <laughs> Certain of that, <laughs> yes. All right, we'll f- we'll discover as we go um, break down each episode. But go on, right? But uh, I mean, I, I th- my thoughts. I mean, what I like to to discuss with these season overviews is just sort of you know the overall character arcs and um, you know just changes that were introduced. And of course, you know, uh, being the second season, this is the first season where we saw any major. Uh, uh, well, we did lose Tasha, uh, but uh, this is the first major introduction of new characters uh, to the show, and uh, so certainly season two is notable for that because we saw uh, the introduction of a new doctor with uh, 
uh, it sounds funny to say that on a Star Trek show. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Deanna Muldar uh, joined as Dr. Catherine Pulaski, and then we of course had um, Whoopi Goldberg as the enigmatic Guinan, and. You made uh, an interesting observation in the uh, the discussion of the last episode, uh, which is the the season the rather crappy season finale, uh, where you said that uh, Pulaski may have inherited uh, lines from McCoy, and you know it's. It's it's plainly obvious that Pulaski is a a female version of Doctor McCoy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I and I know at the time that was the main criticism of Pulaski, but I I really feel that uh, the actress uh, Muldar was able to um, go beyond the just the. You know the the general character brief, which is a female McCoy. I, I think she managed to forge interesting relationships with uh, several of the cast, and I think she was able to rise above just a uh, oh she's just a female Bones. Uh, although when they did show her to be that, I, it was it was just it was, it was kind of it's kind she of sad. Late. Yeah, it was it was cliche. I mean. The whole transporter room phobia. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just really it's kind of silly, um, and I, and in a way, uh, it's surprising because I would have thought that this show, especially in its second season, would not have wanted to invite uh, comparisons to the original show. I mean, they were you, you should have they should have been wanting to carve out their own identity rather than. Then invite right. <clears throat> uh, comparisons, and then the other new character, of course, is is uh, you know Guinan, and um, I think she made she made a really big impression in the Borg episode. Uh, right, but right. beyond that, I think it just um, you know she really didn't uh, she really didn't make much of an impact on the show overall. Of course, that's because of the. Uh, you know, I mean, she was a major uh, movie actress at the time, Whoopi Goldberg. Mm-hmm. Um, she was she was in six episodes, though. Excuse me, out of uh, twenty, what is it, twenty three this season? But very brief scenes. Yeah, it's true. And uh, twenty two uh, episodes. Right. I mean, you know, just she's just kind of sprinkled around. Uh, really, I mean, really, the, uh, I mean, the only episode that really there are only two episodes that, that stand out. Uh, with her in it. One is the Borg episode where she was fabulous in it. And uh, I think kind of um, it, it really showed the potential for the Guinan character. And then, uh, well, I forget what episode it is, but it's the one where where Wesley uh, falls in love with a girl and Riker is flirting with Guinan in 10 Forward. And, oh, right. uh, and that episode is just I mean that scene is is, is comedy gold with Guinan mm-hmm. and Riker. Uh, but other than that, you know, uh, of the two character, two new characters, 
uh, I have to say that Pulaski is the one that made the most impact on me rather than Guinan. Excellent. Well, I would say that I agree with you. Um, you know, uh, just to reiterate something I've been saying, and I think Dinah Moldar deserves to be praised, you know, over and over again. Uh, first time around when uh, the show actually aired, I wasn't a big fan. I was so upset about Dr. Pulaski. I'd, I just wasn't having it. Uh, and then it wasn't until the DVD release that I actually gave season two a proper watch. And it was the first time where I was like, you know what? Um, Dr. Pulaski is not so bad. I accept her. I accept her as canon. <laughs> and, wow. Uh, yeah, I do. She I may do. not have been canon. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was, I was willing to expunge her from my personal head canon. <laughs> oh, my Star Trek. God. <laughs> and, um and that's how bad I, you know, that's how prejudiced, if you will, I was against this character that was stealing the, uh, the, uh, the spot of my beloved Dr. Crusher. And, you know, now that, now that like time has passed and I've seen the episode and now that we've rewatched it, Diana Muldar, Muldar is a phenom. She's such a great actress and she really did an extraordinary job as, uh, Dr. Pulaski. And I, I like Dr. Pulaski now and it's, it's because of her, you know, and she starts out actually, it's a funny, ironic kind of, uh, parallel because she herself starts off with these very like kind of uh you know judgmental ideas about like data and even just the rest of the crew and she's kind of like out an outsider in a way and she really by the end uh i think holds her own and and you know well into the season you start to accept her and and i think you know i think that at the end it's it's kind of sad that she's not going to really ever come back again but that being said diana Muldar, you know was in star trek before um, as we know yep. in the original series. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I think she's still around. <laughs> so, I believe so, yes. So who knows? Uh, there's a possibility she might be able to come back for uh, for Star Trek Discovery. Um, one thing I didn't realize as we were re-watching the episode, and, and a testament to this reoccurring uh, actor, Susie Plaxon, who plays Kalar Warf's... Right. Uh, mm-hmm. She was also Dr. Salar. Right, in the episode where uh, that guy takes over Data, his grandfather. Oh, yeah, exactly. And Dr. Salar does come back again and again, so I think that's pretty cool. She I didn't does? Realize. Yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure Salar comes back in subsequent seasons. I'm not 100% sure, but I have memories of her. Really? That episode, yeah. Yeah, let's find out. Let's do... Because I, I obviously... Um, her Klingon, I mean, the Worf's, uh, Alexander's mother comes back. I forget what her name is. Uh, but I didn't know that she came back as a Vulcan, Susie Plaxton. I'm pretty sure. Let's look up Dr. Salar here. Let's see here. And according to Memory Alpha, <laughs> okay. we see her in, let's see here. I wonder if it posts how many episodes she's been in. I guess we should just go to IMDb because I'm not finding it right away. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'd be surprised if she was in another one, another one. So according to... Oh, come on. Let's see here. Uh, I've got a... Uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. She's 
she was... Is there not an easy way to find out how many episodes, Doctor? How many episodes <laughs> was Doctor... Well, apparently she was on Star Trek Enterprise, which was interesting. So I didn't know Yeah, and she was on Voyager. Mm. She played a Q. I knew that she was a Q, yeah. I, well, I discovered that? that. No, I didn't know it from memory. I just discovered it the other day in She only played Lieutenant Salar in one episode. Oh, wow. She's so memorable. <laughs> I fabricated memories. Wow, she is memorable. <laughs> so I, fa- I guess I fabricated memories of, uh, of Dr. Salar throughout Star Trek. I'm going to be so embarrassed when we find out who... I was thinking of instead. <laughs> so we're, we're prepared well, for... <laughs> you know what? This opens up... Uh, a, 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 this makes a great segue. Uh, memorable guest stars whom we uh, we would have liked to have seen. Sonia Gomez! What happened to her? She was in two episodes. She and was then in she two episodes and yeah. then poof. Yeah, that's true. You're right. Kepa, so right. what happened, man? I don't know what the happened. Extermination to of the Hispanic race on Star Trek, ladies <laughs> oh, and gentlemen. No, what is not. wrong with that? <laughs> They're racist. Uh, um, you, you missed the discussion for uh, this episode, but Armin Shimmerman plays uh, Damon Bractar in the uh, Stratagema episode in uh, Peak Performance, and he looks just like Quark almost, like a proto Yeah, I know. Quark. Yeah. He does, he does. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I can. I could have done, I can do without him. I like him as Quark. Uh, but I would, have li- I would definitely love to have seen more of, of uh, Gomez or Lieutenant... Uh, Soleil, Dr. Salar. Dr. Salar. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. It, it seemed like in the episode, I mean, I don't know if they were, if, I don't know if it was just the case of that they knew they wanted that actress somehow. They just didn't know in what role. Because it is kind of weird that in the same season, you would have the same actor, you would have the actress playing two different roles. Because uh, even with the makeup, you can clearly tell it's the same no i i was i was i was fooled by it are you serious i personally was i think the ridges changed enough yeah i was totally fooled by it obviously now i see it now that i that i've got my attention on it a little bit more but but at the time i i didn't i didn't put the two into when i saw klar i didn't go oh it's the same actress who played um, Dr. Salar. And, um, You're crazy. I am a little crazy. Interestingly enough, uh, Gary from Trekker Prize conveyed to us a story um, at the destination Star Trek in Birmingham, uh, England, not Birmingham, uh, <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> um, he said that uh, Susie Plax- Plaxon was on stage on her during her discussion or her panel or whatever, and, and during her Q&A, I guess it was, um, mm-hmm. A makeup artist was transforming her in real time into Kalar. Really? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Wow, I would have loved to have seen that. I know. It sounds like an awesome, awesome thing to have witnessed. So Gary can tell us more about that next time you talk to him. But yeah, he was he was uh, able to see that, and and it sounds pretty cool. Um, so since we had, I don't remember what we gave season one as an overall rating. Um, Are we there already? No, no. I'm just saying we're going to go through each episode real quick. 
but I but but I do feel like it's gonna be a tough one because <coughs> we're gonna do episode by episode and then oh I'm having a throat thing happening. I'm gonna have a drink. You wanna get a drink of water? <laughs> Go get a drink of water, man. Wow, that's crazy. We have wine after dark. Oh. oh that's definitely weird. But that was a weird it's like like strange pollen from a a plant that makes me euphoric just kind of flew into my mouth. Are you gonna <laughs> are, are, are you gonna start having flashbacks to previous episodes of Starfleet? Oh, great segue because yes, I am. <laughs> yes, I am. And let's start with the season opener, which should also be known as the Immaculate Conception. Horrible episode. <laughs> Horrible episode. <laughs> I don't remember if I liked it or not, um, but I but I do remember it wasn't the the best season opener, and that's gonna be something about season two. We didn't have a great opener and we didn't have a great closer, so right. It yeah, was very. Um, I mean, I suppose you could say it was a a strong Troy episode, I guess. But she was great. Marina Sirtis was great performance wise. You're, I'll say that. She was, but, she was uh, awesome. you know, I think, um, I don't know. It didn't really do much for Troy as a character. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was a surprising season opener, um, in the sense that, you know, it, 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 it just, was weird. It was weird. It was kind of slow. And um, I mean, it, it, it seemed to be. Uh, uh, I think we did s- read that it was a, a script that was going to be used in Star Trek Phase Two. So, um, and we, I remember us comparing it to season one's opener, and you know how it is true. The one, you know, some of the good things about it is that we are discovering a new kind of uh, kind of life form, in a sense, and you know, being exposed to a hard a harder science fiction landscape than we. You would think. Yeah, but um, it was crappy. So then we go on to where silence has least. Uh, of course, is that Nagilam. That is Nagilam. Nagilam. <clears throat> mm-hmm. <laughs> Why did Nagilam never come back? He said he was going to. I liked Nagilam. I think Nagilam. <laughs> I'm still holding out hope that Nagilam will return one day. Well, if he returns, it'll be a, a prequel to Nagilam in Star Trek Discovery, so we'll see. <laughs> I, I, I would rank Nagilam as um, not as high, but as a, you know, in the, in season one, you know, we never went back to those little bug creatures. Right. And uh, Nagilam, I think, was just one of those things that, you know, was never. Now, of course, we we did learn that the reason for that is because it was supposed to have been Q, right? So and it makes sense, and it makes, it makes sense. sense. Yeah. So, but still, the fact that they do you hear that? By the way, is that making a lot of noise? No, the, it's fine. Whatever. Okay, happening, I'm sorry. Let it happen. No, it's um, cool. it's a bit <laughs> it's a bit windy here. Uh, the the winds of the of the the, the temporal winds. <laughs> and the time vortex are are snapping a bit out there, but um, you know the fact that they just went ahead and created this cool character. I thought he was a cool character. Um, I think it warranted at least another appearance, uh, maybe on another Star Trek show. I mean, 
Voyager or Enterprise at least uh, or DS9 but uh, Nagilam gets my vote for the uh, villain or character that I would have liked to have come back that never did so we'll start a campaign, bring back Nagilam. Uh, <laughs> oh. Then we have uh, Elementary Dear Data, and this is our first um, first time with uh, Data's uh, sort of... Well, we got a little hint of the Sherlock Holmes in a season one episode, if I recall, but <clears throat> here we are fully immersed in... Oh my goodness, can you stop the crunching? <laughs> I'm bringing data out, man. What do you keep them inside of? Do you keep them inside Ziplocs. of? Ziplocs. Ziplocs, okay. <laughs> Set your toys free. Don't keep them in Ziploc <laughs> Well, anyways, Elementary Deer Data is a, is a fun episode. I remember really liking this episode. Um, because of all the Sherlock Holmes stuff, of course, we get introduced to uh, Daniel Davis's Sherlock Holmes. I mean, Moriarty uh, character, who will come back again. Uh, who in does return? Time. Yeah, yes. who does return? Um, and just like a, an interesting kind of exploration of what the ship's computer is capable of, and and you know, and, and I think it's very relevant. I don't know if we talked about this during the. The actual discussion, but like, you know, just artificial intelligence and things like that. These are things that we're thinking a lot about uh, in current current times. So I thought this episode was a good a good like primer for those kinds of discussions. Um, <clears throat> what comes next? The outrageous Okana. <laughs> I remember liking this episode, but I don't remember if you liked it. it it's kind of a I think it was a lost script from Buck Rogers. That's right. We did say something like that. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I thought I, it was fun. It was definitely a fun episode. Then we go to Loud as a Whisper, which is an iconic episode of TNG. Um, and that's the episode with um, the uh, ambassador uh, who is deaf, um, played by Howie Sago. What was his name again? Um Oh, Re- Rima, Riva, Riva. Riva of Ramatis. Riva McIntyre, right? Riva. <laughs> it was Riva of Ramatis 3, I think, right. if I'm not mistaken. And um, So it was an awesome episode. We don't. That really was a good to... um, Troy episode, actually. It was also a very good Counselor Troy episode, yep. Right. And then after that, you might as well set up Commander Data again, because we have the Schizoid Man. Um, and we have, you know, the actor who could have played uh, Ernest Hemingway. Uh, <laughs> Papa Hemingway. I think his name is W. Morgan Shepard, according to Wikipedia here. And um, uh, it's basically uh, Ira Graves, a scientist who uh, is able to uh, transfer his essence, his his soul, if you will, into the positronic mind of commander data thus replacing our beloved commander data and then we um have the crew trying to get him back basically <clears throat> that was a good episode also it was it was it was okay it was okay <laughs> and of course that's apparently the only time we see lieutenant salar dr salar uh, who I thought we see. <laughs> so yeah, he thought was, yeah. <laughs> Probably because I recognize the actress uh, subconsciously, and, and so that could be it. 
Um, after that, we have Unnatural Selection, in which uh, Dr. Pulaski grows uh, old rapidly and has to, you know, they come up with that clever transporter trick to, to save her. And I thought that was an okay episode. It was a good episode, I thought. Mm-hmm. And then we have A Matter of Honor, where Commander Riker serves aboard a uh, Klingon ship. And uh. Uh, <laughs> that was one of your favorites, right? No, I don't think it was one of my favorites. Uh, I, I think I ended up saying that it's kind of... The Klingons are kind of two-dimensional. Um, they were still trying to figure out the Klingons at that point, and they were just kind of silly. Um, I mean, you know, they, they just... I mean, really, they, they just decided to take on the Enterprise, you know, instead of just saying, hey, guys, you have something on your hall that we have on our hall. Could there be something wrong? You know, like, no, right. we're going to destroy them. It's a Federation plot. Come on, guys. <laughs> really? It was no, I, I was it was okay. it was uh, see if we were to go to the thumbs up, thumbs down, I would have given it a thumbs down. I don't hate oh, it, yeah. but it would have been a thumbs down. Interesting. Fasc- it's 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 a five. It's a five. A five. It is. <laughs> it's in the middle. Um, <clears throat> I'm surprised because uh, I thought. Well, I remember. I don't know why I remember this, but I remember you really. Maybe you were excited that it was going to be Klingons, and then it ended up not being quite what you thought it was. I do mm. remember some of those concerns. Um, mm. Looking, thinking back on it, you're absolutely right. Um, Klingons don't really gain dimension till much later and we're right. going into some exciting exciting times for Indeed. for people who love Klingon storylines uh, as we progress into the seasons of TNG. Um, next after that probably the cutest episode of Starfleet Boy not necessarily ooh oh subspace communication. <laughs> <laughs> Was that Winston Churchill calling again? Uh, <laughs> I'll call so, him back. <laughs> thank you. Honored. Um, so uh, the Dauphin was the cutest Starfleet Boy episode. I f- I, my my uh, One of my best friend's uh, daughters, her name is Azure, was on the episode with me. And I don't know if you've seen that episode yet, but it's very cute. Very short. Short and sweet. No. A child's perspective on this episode uh, <laughs> no, I haven't seen this episode. You'll have to go back and watch. I'll send you it's online. Link. It's online, of course. Oh my gosh. We're at the end of the season. We're at the end of the season, of course. <laughs> well, I'm because we we record them so far in advance. Oh, I, I that's true. You're absolutely right. I don't know. Well, you have some catching up to do, Doctor. <laughs> but Anyways, th- this is the episode with uh, with the the chick from Twin Peaks. What's her name? Uh, is it uh, Mad- Jamie? Mad- Madison. Uh, uh, I can't pronounce her name. Is it Jamie Hubbard? Are you talking no, about? No. No. It's the so, old lady who turns into the yes. the thing from where the wild things are. And then. Well, yes. And she. So, th- yes, this is that episode. Exactly. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, this is the one where uh, Troy, not Troy. Guinan and Riker have that very witty exchange, right? That is correct. That was the highlight of the episode. The <laughs> rest absolutely. is the rest is crap. <laughs> You're probably right about that. Um, then we go on from that to the Royale, which was an interesting episode. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh 
And then from there we go so that's, to that's Worf, Riker, <laughs> and Data. Data. I, I can't get them all three on the. Hold on, can I? Yeah, Wait, you can. Here why we can't go. You, why couldn't you do it? Well, because this this thing is round. Oh, you stand them up on the mic? Yeah, of course. That explains all the, <laughs> the sounds. <laughs> yes. What else am I going to stand them on? Very nice. Let me. Let's see that. You gotta say something. Okay, see here they are. Let's th- let's recreate famous scenes from <laughs> the Royale. No, let's not. Um, right. We let's are gonna not. move on to the next episode, episode thirteen, which was Times Squared, and that oh, was, that's uh, a course. data episode. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, it's not just data. That isn't. Th- that is the one where. Um, oh yeah, you're right. But it's Picard centric too because it's the one where. Captain Picard is, uh, he meets his future self. Oh, it's the Picard Remember? one. Oh, yeah. yes. It's a time loop. Yes. That's right. That's <laughs> so, right. Yeah, it's a, it's a Picard-centric episode. I think you were thinking of... Uh, yeah, uh, the one where Data is... It's the one I was the thinking Manheim. of. Yeah, the Manheim. Yeah, Dr. Manheim. With Michelle I Phillips. feel like this yeah. is going to happen to us more and more as we go <laughs> Uh, absolutely because our memories are so horrible so we're just like (laughs) oh boy Times Squared was um, I think one of the best episodes of the season it was very cool episode with the whole timey wimey uh, wibbly wobbly stuff going on you're absolutely right about that and then we go from there to the Icarus Factor uh, another uh, episode uh, with Commander this was Commander Riker and his father um Yep, there's Commander Riker. Yeah. You don't? Did they ever make a figure for his father? No, I don't think so. Kyle is a Kyle Riker. Kyle Riker. Right? Yeah, no, I don't believe so. And that's the episode we get a little more dimension into Doctor Pulaski too, because uh, mm-hmm. Kyle Riker and she had some kind of uh, liaison, like a romantic interest uh, mm-hmm. back in the day. So mm-hmm. that was kind of a cool thing. Uh, that's the only thing I really remember about the episode and, and uh, uh, the fight. <coughs> oh yeah, the the that's right. What was that martial art called again? <laughs> I don't know. Japanese something. Samurai. It was cool. Yeah. It was cool, though. And um, that reminds me, season two had a lot more holodeck gym type things going on. So this year, I. I Star Trek was. Yeah, Star Trek was basically subconsciously telling me I need to exercise more. So I do. <laughs> I, I, I will exercise more now. Um, <clears throat> What about the Q episode? It's coming. It's coming. Oh, okay. Come in. Was, we, right. we then next have Pen Pals, which I, if I recall, you did not like that episode. That is a data-centric episode. It's a data-centric episode. Yeah. And, uh, da- it's, but we did have a great discussion about the Prime Directive as a result of this episode. And I remember us th- thinking that the episode was a great... Uh, illustration of like when when to you when do you you know what is the prime directive what is its purpose and like some of the consequences that result of not not following its its tenets. Mm-hmm. The episode sucks. <coughs> what the episode sucks. <laughs> Overall, I think you did think it sucked. I don't know if I I don't remember. I think I remember liking it. Then we have Q Who. Where John? <laughs> wow! 
<laughs> You're Dana too just excited died. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So in Q Hugh, John Delancey reprises his role as the Q and flings the Enterprise uh, thousands of light years uh, into uh, unknown territories and uh the crew of the enterprise encounter the borg and this is going to set off this this episode is going to set off a huge story arc that continues all the way through voyager do we ever do you recall were the borg ever a threat to uh, deep space enterprise <coughs> well, oh yeah, but- oh no because um it's set up in the first original deep space nine novel Peter David comes up with a reason why the Borg never bug Deep Space Nine. And do it's you remember excellent. The, I don't do you remember, remember the reason. reason. Oh, but it's genius. On. Pure genius. You gotta look it up. Now you have to look it up. What I wrote it? it I wrote it in the review many, many moons ago on the Milky Way Malt Shop. Uh in our our review section. <laughs> which but, is lost. Uh, which is we- Hopefully it's bouncing off an asteroid and heading back to us as we speak. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) Oh, excuse me. Whoa. This is past my bedtime, by the way. Um, Is the novel called The Siege? Yes, it is. Mm So (laughs) now I'm curious about this. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think I just, in the review, I just make a mention of like, oh, and by the way, he comes up with a reason why. The Borg never bothered Deep Space Nine. Hmm. It's not a major thing of the of the, it's not the major driving uh, force of the plot. It's just something he throws in there that I thought was like pure genius. But of course, that's Peter David. Um, hmm. Dude, don't don't waste. It's it's like a <laughs> it, it's a minor thing. You know I gotta know. Yeah, I know you gotta know. Maybe I'll reread the novel and I'll let you. You should. You should definitely. I actually should have that novel, and I and uh, because I I I dog ear pages, so let me me see if I can find it. I expect you to come up with that. (laughs) All right, give me a while. Give me a bit. So Q Who, uh, awesome episode, iconic episode, a keystone episode, if you will. Very important to Star Trek. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Guinan. Yep, Guinan's featured in that episode. I think that's probably her largest screen time this season is in that episode, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then we, of course, again, Star Trek Generations is influenced by... So much is influenced by the kind of ideas that are set into motion um, by this episode. You can, you can thank this episode for the Nexus, for... <laughs> <laughs> for Elorians in general and like the whole Borg thing. It's very, very cool. So we go from there to Samaritan Snare, the uh, the episode uh, that deals with the uh, Tweedledee, Tweedledum-inspired aliens known as the Packleds and uh, where we get Geordi kidnapped, not for the first time in his life. <laughs> and not for the last, and not, and certainly not for the last time. <laughs> Terrible <Poor> episode. <laughs> uh, then we have up the long ladder, which I enjoyed, but also felt kind of embarrassed for because of all the 
stereotypes about Irish people in the episode. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a good episode, decent episode, funny episode uh, dealing with the clones. Then we have episode nineteen, which is Manhunt, and of course you know that episode. We just released it uh, today to the public, um, and that was with Troy's mother, Loxana Troy. Uh, basically going through menopause and she's uh, she's basically man crazy as a result of it um, you don't have Loxana Troy no do you have Nurse Chapel no oh man do they ever make figures for them yes oh you should have them <laughs> what am I gonna do with a, a, a Loxana Troy figure well, she's going to be a recurring character, and you could set her up on your mic. <laughs> well, I remember you early, buy her, and you set her up uh, on your mic. <laughs> I remember early in season, well, midway through season one, and and earlier earlier on in this season, you said that I created this like eBay problem for you. Do you still have, do you still have the eBay problem? Yes, I still have <laughs> the eBay problem. Thank you, thank you for reminding me. I'm Aye buying vey. more Star Trek figures now because of you. Vey. Anyways, moving on, we then have the episode The Emissary. And uh, going back to uh, Susie uh, Plaxen, this is her debut as not her Star Trek debut, but her debut as the character of Kalar, who is going to be very important uh, to Worf, um, who is already very important to Worf. And I think we, you know, I th- I thought this was a good episode. It was a pretty decent episode. Yeah. Um, it had a lot of uh, uh, neat concepts in it and um, a different side of Worf, a more sensitive side of him, and then also some exposure to uh, Klingon values. Um, and that was a fun episode to do of Starfleet Boy as well, and I'm sorry you weren't a part of that discussion. That's fine. It's okay. <laughs> then we have peak performance uh, in which the uh, Enterprise is uh, doing some combat simulations to help them uh, hone their um, strategy skills so that if the Borg do invade, they'll be more ready for that um, invasion. And it has a lot of, it's a great Riker episode. Um, it has a lot of uh, cool. Um, Moments that um, I think kind of echo uh, the sort of like mischievous uh, uh, rogue qualities of the original crew in uh, stealing the Enterprise in Star Trek Three. You know, there's some you know some subterfuge going on under mm-hmm. the nose of Captain Picard, and yeah, yeah, good episode overall. It was. P- yep, it was fun seeing Data defeat um, the Zack Dorn. Uh, character who's really uh, sort of uh, you know narcissistic and egocentric <laughs> and then uh, finally we just talked about Shades of Grey which um, I did not think was a very strong uh, finale to season two uh, but it had some great moments as every episode you know undoubtedly does uh, and that was mainly in, in again Riker's performance so that was it. And looking over at, uh, you know, looking over at the ratings, um, the viewership uh, for the season, it does, in fact, drop. Um, season season uh, two started out with about 10.9 million 
viewers. At its peak, it had 11.3 million viewers, and that's um, uh, you know toward the middle of the season. And then it's kind of a steady decline. And this last episode uh, had about 9.8 million viewers. And and funny enough, Manhunt, the Loxana Troy episode, only had 8.9 million viewers. It was the lowest of the season. Deservedly so. Oh. <laughs> so, so that's it for season season our season two kind of episode by episode recap. So overall, what are your thoughts on the season, Doctor? I th- well, um, I think it's interesting to see who were the returning characters, uh, guest stars rather uh, from the first season. Uh, obviously, Q uh, uh, returned from the origin- from the first season and. That uh, I thought that was that was a great idea. He's obviously one of the most successful elements from the first season. Um, uh, Troy's mother, of course, returns. Um, she has her fans, mm-hmm. and of course, she will continue I'm, to return. I'm I'm one of the fans. <laughs> I am aware. I am aware. And so is Ga- so Gary from Trek Prize is straight up in love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, um, well, of course, being the wife of the <laughs> executive producer of the show helps. Uh, right, that's so, but no, but she's fun. Uh, and I, I thought it was interesting that, you know, those two characters really are, um, those are pretty much the only two returning uh, uh, characters from season one, if I'm not mistaken. Like, you know, beyond the, the, the regular crew, right? Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Am I right in saying that? Yes. I think so, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, you know, I, I thought also that the a lot of the, especially the early batch of aired episodes were very data heavy. I think uh, it's interesting that um, one of the things that the producers thought to expand on was, was data. Uh, there were a lot of quite a number of episodes that were data heavy and uh, either in terms of the a plot or just being inserted in you know like for example I remember the season opener uh, data is the one who is holding Troy's hand while she's giving birth to the this the the amoeba baby or whatever That's that right. space I baby about that. Yeah. and it's interesting and of course he's there because he's gonna be like, Oh, you know, childbirth. Oh, blah 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 blah, and you know, I I think it was just sort of okay. Let's just insert data because everybody loves data, and I, I, you know, sometimes it was it was not as organic to the storytelling as I think it it, it should have it you know could have been. I think it should have been Riker, obviously, uh, and it's interesting to contrast, you know. You had the beginning of the season. Troy is the one who's in sick bay, and Riker is sort of aloof, and he's 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 standing at the edge of of the actual sick bay where she's in, and he he's not you know he's not going across to her and holding her hand. Data's the one who's holding her hand. He's kind of like keeping his distance, but he's obviously there because he cares, but he just can't quite you know, do it. And then juxtapose that with the end of the season where Riker is in sick bay and Troy is like, boom, right there over him and uh, probing his emotions and stuff. 
and um, I, I I thought it was interesting. I don't think it was obviously it was not intentional, but it's interesting to see that there's an interesting parallel between the opening of the season and the end of the season. Uh, and uh, of course, being in sick bay, uh, starting off in sick bay and ending in sick bay, uh, you have Pulaski. And I think I already mentioned before, I, I thought she uh, um, rose above the the basic premise of the character. Uh, she, I think the, the when when she engaged her curiosity about the other crew members, I remember especially with like Worf and the tea ceremony. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, that's not something I would imagine Dr. McCoy being interested in. Like, uh, she she was a character who seemed to be very human, very... Uh, she wanted to, to be involved with the crew. Um, and I think she really made a, a, a great impression uh, on me this season. And it's a shame that... Uh, she was never brought back as a guest star or, or anything like that, either on you know, on this show or subsequent shows. I think it would have been interesting to have seen Pulaski come back. Um, interestingly enough, uh, something that was, did not seem to carry over from season one was Wesley saving the ship every episode, or, or the impression <laughs> thereof. Right. We didn't we didn't have so much of that in in this season. They kind of like. They're figuring out where Wesley uh, kind of belongs a little more, I think. And it, I thought it was curious. You know, he lost, you know, the you know the mom is not there. So you would think that that would open up uh, possibilities for that character to grow and maybe uh, integrate better into the running of the ship without his mom being there. Uh, but in fact, the quite up op- the opposite happens. It seems like Wesley kind of uh, fades into the background more. Uh, there's the episode that the Dauphin, obviously, but um, there's the episode where he notices Worf is sad or something. But overall, the sense that you got in, in the first season that Wesley is has this great destiny or whatever is sort of wiped aside in this season and um i i don't know i and i'm i'm, I'm not sure why that that is. i don't know i'm not sure why that happened uh i thought that was curious um and then uh the other thing i would i would mention is that uh you know um the characters like jordy and wharf uh, don't get all that much to do, really. Uh, I know Worf has the episode, you know, we, you were just talking about with Kalar, but other than that, and I don't, I don't think. I mean, there were a few things for Worf to do, but Jordy and Worf really kind of fall on the bottom, I think, in terms of character ex, uh, exposure. What do you think? I think I agree with you. Oh, and by the way, I skipped an episode. Uh, oh. We're talking about the measure of a man, which is the best episode of the season. The data 
on well, trial. They're on trial. <laughs> uh, once again, we <clears throat> proving my point. It's proving I, your point. Yeah. Data is is by far. I think if we if we had to if we had to give the season to anybody in terms of like data. who walked away with this season, it would have to be data. Um, and I think it, like in episodes like Measure of Man, it certainly worked. I think in episodes like, um, uh, gosh, which is the other one? I'm drawing a blank. Well, ele- there's Elementary, My Dear Data. Elementary, My Dear Data. Uh, you uh, know, the, the Schizoid no, Man. Uh, actually, no, I was going to say um, Peak Performance. Oh, right, right, right. I, I, I thought that was actually a very good data episode in the sense that, you know, he had that, it had one of the great. Picard uh, 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 moments where moments he, where he's like, you know, what the hell are you, you know, you're a Starfleet officer. Get right. off your ass. And which and he he does it again to data. It kind of the many the times. Chip. Yeah, and it's true. But the memory chip. Yeah, generations, generations. Remember? Yeah. He, he yeah. snaps them back. Yeah. That one too. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah. th- this season actually got eight nominations for Emmys and it won in two categories. It won for Outstanding Sound Editing for a series and Outstanding Sound Mixing for a Drama Series. That was for Q Who, which I have to now now I have to watch it again to hear what the extraordinary sound <laughs> mixing and, and You, you and know that, that net there. that Guinan fires? There's some great sounds <laughs> coming out of the, the sparkly net that she shoots out. I don't even remember that scene, but apparently, going back to Measure of a Man, Melinda Sno- uh, Snodgrass, who yes. she mm-hmm. received the only nomination for the for whole writing. series mm. at the Writers Guild of America. Yeah, it's so, a great episode. Yeah. So the lawyer, no, the Jag, whatever that woman is, the one who yes, okay, that who obviously had great familiarity with Picard from from before. <laughs> um, Never came back. Uh, she's another character who that a lost, I was surprised. Another, yeah. yeah, another lost. Character. Why didn't it's Why true. didn't she come back? Um, I, I think season two had had a lot of material that had you know had material that um, that was pretty ripe for for further exploration. Um, I think we can obviously say that the the biggest. Uh, um, uh, the, the most popular aspect of season two is, is the Borg, the introduction of the Borg. Yeah. And uh, we can't, you know, no matter what you say about season two, you can't can't take that away from it. Uh, that was the you first can't time. can't take that away from me. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Uh, and and again, um, another thing that would uh, uh, that would prove. Uh, that, that would make further episodes um, is uh, is Kalar, uh, you know, the mother to Worf's kid, and and uh, you know, uh, so those those two characters. I mean, well, the Borg as a collective, no pun intended, and <laughs> and Kalar are obviously two of the um, of the more popular. Uh, things to come out of that season, and I guess, I mean, he did come back, but you know, 
this guy uh, Moriarty. Right. I think it was, and this is for legal reasons. I mean, it would have been interesting if he had kept coming back, maybe, maybe on a regular basis. I don't know, but I know that by the time he did return to the show, I I thought it was like, well, that happened a really long time ago. It was like five years ago. I didn't. It it didn't. It. I don't know. I just. I, I think don't really the, care. I think it was delightful when he came back because I don't think you should have spent. I don't. I don't think the Sherlock Holmes thing was so cool that they could do one every season. You know, like. I don't know, but I think they did actually end up doing one every season. No, Still, they did not. As they did not. Remember, right. it's true, it's because true, legally they, they couldn't. Um, did no, you know that? Did yeah. you know that Diana Moldar was credited as a special guest star in every episode? Every, of that yes. every that's, So that's yeah. interesting. Does that? What, what do you think? Do you think that is telling about? their intentions with her do you think that maybe the producers and 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 makers of the show decided maybe oh we'll see if we want her after season two yeah so she was like a she was like a christopher eccleston of of star trek Ooh. oh no i'm sorry that was <laughs> i don't know where that came from that was a little mouth i moment. don't know where that, that came from like a little, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started on Christopher <laughs> no, no, freaking Eccleston, okay? Yeah, let's move on. Don't let's get move. me started on that douchebag. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so no, I, so I, I think something that I that we did, an exercise that we did in the previous season recap was I want you to kind of give this episode a ranking uh, among all the seasons. If you if you can take a moment to think about that for a moment. For this is this is uh, one of the lower ranked seasons. I yeah, I would even say that perhaps season two is the lowest ranked season for me. I don't know. I I feel like Star- in my memory, Star Trek just gets better every season after this. So I don't know if. I don't know if that's the case. We'll see as we rewatch, but but that's what I recall. I mean, it has some classics. Obviously, Measure of a Man, uh, the the Borg episode. I forget what the name of it is. Q Who is it? Q Who? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, uh, I I, th- I think the Emissary is a, is a great episode. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not without its its classics. It's not without its episodes that made a. A huge impact on Star Trek continuity and, and history. Uh, I think it has a number of has a above average number of clunkers, um, but so do other seasons. And I, I think actually, actually mathematically, by the numbers, <laughs> since it has less episodes this season, I think it. Inevitably has to rank a little bit higher than some of the other seasons because since it has less episodes, it has less clunkers. No, I'm not going to buy it because <laughs> because next season is Rondi Moore's first season too, and I think the show just goes into a new dimension. You know, you um, and I are, are going to diverge a bit. We'll you see. Know. We'll see how, I, it, I know. how what happens. I'm sorry to is, tell you. And is season three the last season of uh, Gene Roddenberry? Don't we lose him next season as well, I think? So it'll be an interesting time to, to kind of see. I don't know. He passed away 
right before Star Trek Six. But that's not till season five, I think. Oh well, maybe. No. Yeah. No. What year did see? What year did season five? I would say is the two-parter with with Spock. And no, then that's Ro- Star Trek Six. I think Roddenberry passes away. Hold on. Oh, you're getting another subspace communication. Okay, so <laughs> I. I don't recall. We'll figure all that out when we go into uh, season three. But I think it aired from '89 to '90, so you're probably right. Let's see what year Gene Roddenberry. Gene Roddenberry. Um, great Bird of the Galaxy. The Great Bird of the Galaxy. I've always loved that descriptor of him. Died in 1991, so he dies after season three. So you're absolutely right. Um, anyways, going back to season two, <laughs> we're jumping a little ahead of ourselves. I'm going to give it an overall rating uh, now. I think it's we're at that point in the episode, unless there's anything else about season two you have to add. Um, you know what? No, I have nothing else to add. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? Can I, can I say one thing more? Yes, which is, go ahead. Uh, I think it's notable to to mention that uh, the, of course, with the addition of Guinan, you had the addition of Ten Forward. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, which was uh, a brand new set uh, added to the Enterprise roster of sets, and and I I, I feel like we we saw more of the. Uh, this is getting really dorky, but we saw more of the of the rooms of the different. Characters. I mean, we we saw. Uh, I know we saw Worf's quarters. We we definitely get more dimension. I mean, we even have that meeting in Captain Picard's room, and I remember that was one of those. You know, in Pen Pals, that was like pretty much the only uh-huh. kind of interesting thing was again the 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 um, you know the discussion about the Prime Directive and. And I think we did. We did see more. The show gets more and more intimate with our main characters as we progress along. And I think season two is the is definitely more intimate than than season one for sure. I agree with you on that. Um, well, but just we get, in terms of the sets, I think I think we see more more yeah of the Enterprise. Uh, and of course, Ten Forward becomes a, a, a standing set. And uh, and and it's and one that doesn't always have Guinan in it. Um, uh, so I, I think uh, I always thought it was cool the ten forward set. It was it was it was so large and and it gave uh, it sort of it, it gave the Enterprise a sense of you know uh, there's there's all these people on board the ship. I mean, I think, you know, typically, you know, especially in, you know, in the, uh, especially in season one, you know, you, 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 I mean, you, you had a lot of people kind of going back and forth in the background, some of them wearing skirts and stuff. And you're always like, um, <laughs> I love that though, actually. Yeah. The skirts are gone, <laughs> by the way, in this season. Um, no, I could have sworn there was a, I could have sworn. Well, the dress uniforms kind of hearken to the, to the, to those. But oh. the. Yeah. You don't see, you don't see bare legs anymore. N- not really. No, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. 
Um, and uh, but I, I thought Ten Forward was was a cool addition to uh, to the show, and and of course it's a set that uh, it, it was always fun to point out when they were redressing it in other situations. I think the most famous one was Star Trek VI, where the president uh, the uh, the president of the Federation. His office is clearly ten forward. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. About that. And, and and they're using the backdrop from "We'll Always Have Paris, Paris in the back. Right. I'm like, okay, they're just like mixing and matching. And but the real Trek fans are like, oh, that's ten forward, man. You know? Yeah, it's true. Um. So, but but ten forward is one of my favorite sets, and of course, you know, uh, first time we see it is in season two, and um, and I remember. I, you know, uh, you were saying in the last episode about how um, uh, you were talking about, you know, how currently television has those those specials that recap what what's happened uh, in the season prior. I remember, <coughs> and especially for season two, I remember that they would have uh, before the season would start. They would have a little special. Do you remember? They would have a sneak peek oh, at yeah. the upcoming season, and they would they would uh, they would cut into the commercial time of the repeat, and and you would have that voice uh, coming up in season two of Star Trek: The Next Generation. Right, the we welcome. <laughs> yes, we welcome Whoopi Goldberg to Star Trek. Right, uh, right. As the new uh, bartender, Guinan. And uh, so you would have like these these little, you know, primers. Was there, was there a bar in the original series Enterprise ever? Do you remember? It was there just was like a, the lounge. There was the mess, the mess hall. But there was I the remember mess hall. In Star Trek Beyond, it looks like they're in a bar. Uh, in that one scene where McCoy is uh, giving uh, Kirk his birthday drink, doesn't it look like they're at a bar of some kind? It does look like, like they're at a bar, yeah, but that so. that could just be McCoy's quarters. <laughs> so true. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> oh, you have a singular wit, Doctor. Thank you, thank you. So um, we've been okay. So rating season two, I would give it a. Um, you know what? Believe it or not, I I would give it a five. I think it's average. I mean, I mean, in all honesty, it's an average season. It's not, you know, it has its a its classic episodes, but it has its share of clunkers. I don't think it. Um, I don't think it was really that much better than season one. I don't think it was worse than season one. I think it it pretty much just stayed the course. It was average. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the same actually, but I'm gonna give it a five point five just to just to like. <laughs> you always have to, right? <laughs> just to get some, you know, Look I gotta give it a little extra. Um, <laughs> yeah, all right, hey, hey, you're it's your show, man. It's Starfleet Boy, yeah. It's Starfleet Boy, <laughs> but um, but no, with in all seriousness, um, yeah, I, I would say that. Um, it is 
It is a, a five or a five point five, and uh, you know it was a fun season to watch. But I the whole time I was really honestly like. A lot of times, I should say, wondering, all right, when is this over? I'm ready to get to season three. <laughs> so we made it. We covered another season on Starfleet Boy. And on that note, I'm so happy that you were able to join me for so many of the episode discussions this season, um, Doctor. And I look forward to uh, getting together with you and our all the people that have joined us, um, Mr. Sater, um, the major... Trekker Prize and of course Galdu Scott. Um, I this all sounds to- like the cast from the Yellow Submarine from the data. <laughs> it, it really like, does. What? We use handles on the uh, show, you know. So it should be like- our unofficial theme song is Yellow Submarine. We all live in a yellow shuttlecraft. A yellow shuttlecraft. A yellow shuttlecraft. Wow. <laughs> Someone's got to do a drawing of of the uh, of the yellow shuttlecraft. Speaking of which, I don't know if you noticed. I'm not sure you're on um, you're on Twitter very often, but Starfleet Boy got a slight makeover we have an an official for a long time i was using my twitter avatar and my youtube um i mean sorry my twitter avatar and my instagram avatar were um were uh spock you know doing the live long and prosper uh gesture so i have recently uh upgraded that to an illustrated version of me and I'm going to go ahead and <laughs> really and, and show that to you right now here on the show. Uh, so there's the new it's. Oh my gosh. Is that from the Jurassic Park meets Star Trek comic book? You no, you no. did so long ago. Many, many years ago I did do that, but no, this is just a, just an avatar. Of you did me. this though. I, yeah, I drew a little sketch of myself it, here. Yeah, self portrait. It's not a. It's not a really you, accurate. It's. It looks. Know. It looks like your work. <laughs> I, I recognize it after all these years. Excellent. That's and, uncanny. Uh, wow. Yeah. That's done, great. Yeah, I'm not the best uh, artist, but you know. No, you're great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so there's there's the new Starfleet boy avatar. I wearing I felt, wearing your favorite uniform. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I felt after watching uh, For the Love of Spock, I was like, you know, uh, I don't mind using his avatar, but I should do something original so that, um, you know, I'm not. That's I don't great. Feel like I'm, yeah. So there you go. Oh, That's the new, you, the you, new Starfleet boy avatar. I want Emma to see that. You need to send it to me. So I'll definitely I'll Emma. send it to you. <laughs> or she could, watch, she could watch this episode and, and she'll see it at the end of the. Uh, oh, well, that's true. <clears throat> is that is but this won't will go on for a while. Oh right? yeah, that's true. No, I'm just checking. I'm just checking. <laughs> I'll I'll send you an advanced link, okay? <laughs> All right. Well, so uh, I think that was a great uh, wrap up to our season two uh, of both Starfleet Boy and of Star Trek: The Next Generation. And uh, again, I look forward to seeing you. So. Um, live long and prosper, Doctor, and, and pe- prosper. peace in our time. And uh, I'll see you next time. Season three. Oh my Season gosh. Season three. Ah. <laughs>